Hello and welcome to the second episode of 2021. Over the past year, hunger and homelessness has been a recurring theme of this podcast and it continues to be so in 2021 too. A lot of people were homeless, a lot of people were in need of food. The challenge with food, how to get it, how to deliver it and how to pay for it has emerged as one of the biggest issues of the pandemic. In 2020, the mayor of New York and the city council announced the city would give $200 million to non-profit food providers to buy more goods. Yet the needy are finding that many food pantries and soup kitchens they're used to visiting have closed because their volunteers, many of whom are retirees, are staying home to avoid being ill. Despite these challenges, there have been people and organizations hard at work to deliver food. One such is God's Love We Deliver a non-profit that cooks and delivers medically tailored food to ill people. They have a very interesting story. In 1985, a hospice worker named Ganga Stone paid a visit to an AIDS patient that changed her life. The patient was too ill to cook for himself. Ganga's compassion took hold, a meal was prepared and delivered on the next visit. And that made her realize that something as basic as delivering a meal could bring dignity and recognition to a desperate situation. Ganga also realized the severity of her patient's situation demanded something more than simply delivering food. It required preparing nutritionally tailored meals that would support an individual's specific medical treatment. She researched his needs and was on her way again with a new meal in hand when she was stopped by a minister in the neighborhood who recognized her. He asked what she was doing. She told him and he replied, you're not just delivering food, you're delivering God's love. And that's how God's Love We Deliver was born. God's Love was founded on the simple realization that people who are very sick don't just need food, but individually tailored meals that consider the many challenges facing someone with a serious illness. Research from across the country has proven that this act of tailoring each meal to meet a client-specific medical diagnosis works. It not only improves a client's health outcomes, but also improves medication adherence and keeps clients out of the hospital and in their homes. Also, food insecurity and poor nutrition can lead to chronic health issues and frequent use of expensive medical services and are increasingly recognized as important social determinants of health. In 2020, the God's Love team, together with their volunteers and community, hit an all-time high, cooking and home delivering more than 2.3 million meals to nearly 10,000 individuals. For their clients and their families, food is medicine and food is love. In this episode, I speak to Natasha Bunsel, the Communications Associate, and Dorella Walters, the Senior Director of External Program Affairs at God's Love We Deliver. Listen to these two employees who are so passionate about the work they do that it truly makes one think that this service not only transforms the lives of the people they touch, but also the lives of the employees and people, volunteers who service them. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to Heroes of New York. Thank you so much, Anu. I'm so happy to be here. I'm also very happy to have you on the show. I find the work that God's Love We Deliver, the work they do is extremely inspiring. Could you tell me a little bit more about your work, the places you reach out to, the kind of people you work with? Absolutely. So God's Love We Deliver was founded in 1985 as an urgent response to the AIDS pandemic. 
We started with a very simple story, one woman delivering one meal to one man. Ganga Stone, our founder, was a hospice worker, and she brought a bag of groceries to a man who was dying of AIDS. And when she brought him this bag of food that wasn't ready to be eaten yet and needed to be prepared and saw that he didn't have the strength to transform these groceries into meals, she saw, oh, this is my calling. People living with serious illness need to receive meals that are prepared for them with their nutritional needs in mind and with love and ready to eat when they receive them. And so that's what she started doing for this man and then for his friends. And then she recruited her friends to start reaching more and more people. So it really was a grassroots effort that has grown into one of the most important, I think, food provision services that exists in New York now. So we now um, serve medically tailored meals um, designed to meet our clients' nutritional needs to anyone who comes to us with serious needs. So our qualifications are simply that you are living with an illness, makes you too sick to shop or cook for yourself. And anyone in the New York metropolitan area who is in need of medically tailored meals um, will receive meals from God's Love We Deliver. Absolutely. And Natasha, can you tell me how big is the operations at God's Love We Deliver? Absolutely. So in this past year, we served nearly 10,000 individuals and we home delivered more than 2.3 million meals. And looking to the next year, we anticipate that we will serve more than 10,000 individuals and our delivery will grow to be more than 2.5 million meals in the coming year. Well, that's impressive. And how big is your team of employees and volunteers? So it's a little hard to quantify volunteers because, of course, that has changed with the coronavirus. But we work with more than 14,000 volunteers a year. And our staff is well over a hundred people. So we're a big team reaching a much larger community of clients all throughout New York. And then when you factor in our donors, our followers on social media, the people who are involved, it just balloons and balloons. We would say that in many ways, the entire New York community is our community. Mm -hmm. And obviously in 2020, you must have seen a large number of cases, you know, rise in number of people who are reaching out for food. What kind of interactions have you had? Any stories that you would like to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a particular moment that will always stand out in my mind when I think about how we cared for the New York community during the coronavirus pandemic. We tried to infuse our work with some moments of joy and pride and the spirit of New York, if you will. And so on one particular day, we organized with the organization that we are have long been affiliated with, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. And um, we gathered together in Times Square with a bunch of Broadway stars and identified clients of ours who live around the theater district. And I went to deliver meals to a couple of our clients with some of these Broadway stars. And we had called them in advance to make sure they were okay with being on camera, having some additional people come and deliver meals to them. And many of our clients who live in that area have been affiliated with the theater industry in some capacity. So we were delivering to one client of ours called Richard, who's been on our program for about two years. And I didn't know much of his background, but he knew that we were coming with these Broadway stars. So we came, we knocked on the door, delivered the meals, and had a nice conversation. It was sort of coming to a close. And 
in my heart, I had hoped that our stars would sing to the client. And I thought that he was going to bring it up. And just as he was closing the door, I thought, well, it was still a beautiful encounter. And he turned to the stars and he said, I thought you were going to sing for me. And I hadn't mentioned it to these performers. So I think they were quite surprised. But he then reopened the door and they stood back and they said, well, I suppose we could sing you a song. What do you want to hear? And so he rattled off a list of six songs that he liked. And they sort of took a deep breath, seemed a little embarrassed, and sang a song for him. And he was so overjoyed. And when they finished, one of them looked into his apartment and saw this beautiful chandelier hanging from the ceiling in his foyer. And she said, well, that's a very beautiful chandelier. And he said, well, I used to be a lighting designer for Broadway. And so every time I did one of my favorite performances, sometimes I would take a prop or something that was lying around the set to bring home. And he said, you can come in and see all of them. Now we have a strict rule that drivers and volunteers are not allowed to enter the homes of clients. So we weren't able to take him up on this offer of hospitality, as I'm sure you can imagine, especially during COVID, that rule is very strictly adhered to. But it was just one of those moments of this really beautiful interaction between our clients who are often quite isolated in normal times. And during the coronavirus pandemic, that has only grown. And the importance of what food can do to draw connections between people and the sharing of food is such a meaningful moment. And there's something, even when our food is packed and delivered in these individual meals that are medically tailored for our clients' needs, there's still a sense of sharing that happens when that bag is handed over from a driver or from a volunteer to the client and the potential for a moment of community is profound. So I will always remember that as one of the more beautiful moments that I witnessed during my time at God's Love and certainly during the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. And Natasha, what is the objectives or the vision of the organization for 2021? Our goal is to continue to do what we set out to do in 1985, which is ensure that no one faces the dual crisis of illness and hunger at the same time. And so we know that this year will not quickly resolve the challenges that have been thrown our way in 2020. Perhaps we're all more aware of our connection to each other and our vulnerability to illness. And what God's love we deliver will continue to do is serve as an essential service to the city and the city's healthcare infrastructure because it's impossible to face treatment or face recovery without the proper nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so we will continue to be that, that key component of anyone who comes our ways healing. Thank you so much, Natasha. This was an absolute pleasure hearing the work that you and your team do. I wish you all the best in 2021. And uh, thank you so much again for being on the show. I speak to Dorella Walters, the Senior Director of External Program Affairs at God's Love We Deliver. What has been a transforming experience for you? Probably 
probably the most transforming experience for me has been to know that we're making a difference, right? I love it when someone calls and says, I made it through my chemo treatment. I'm doing really well. I'm feeling so much better. I don't need your services anymore. I want to make sure that it's there for someone else. I think that has been the most transformative, tangible experience for me in terms of recognizing and valuing the fact that I'm here at this organization. And Dorella, do you have any memorable stories that you can share with us? Sure. I mean, I've, I've had lots of experience with different kinds of people. So at the early onset of the pandemic, HIV pandemic, I would get calls from people that were very young and young meaning between their 20s and, and early 40s. And they were alone. Their families had abandoned them. And I felt that God's love was just doing that, right? Offering love to that person in terms of the food that's being provided, right? And that was one less thing that they had to worry about. And some of them had children. So they were like in awe of the fact that we could provide meals to their children. And that was just one less thing to worry about. Another story would be when, when the medications for people with HIV started working really well, which is fantastic. We were also getting requests from people that had other diagnoses, think breast cancer or lung cancer. And at the time we had to say, no, you're not eligible for our program. So I was so excited when we expanded our mission and I was able to start conversations with people that I had had to say no to, like a woman that was dealing with metastatic breast cancer. And metastatic breast cancer, the medications can sometimes have you feeling great, but sometimes you're really down for the count. And that was just transformative. It changed her whole experience because she was too young, let's say, for like a Meals on Wheels service. And we were the only provider that could really get nutritious meals to her. So I think that's a profound story I remember. And I can tell you that we, for the holidays, we're seeing our clients. Sometimes they're alone. Sometimes the only guest that they have is a home health aide. And when we're delivering that Thanksgiving feast, as an example, right, it's a holiday celebration. We send one for a guest and it changes a person's sense of self. So I have lots of memories of clients calling saying, I was so glad that I could prepare the table and your meals and I had the basket of goodies and it just makes a person, right? They've said to me, it makes them feel more like themselves, right? More empowered because sometimes when you're sick, you feel like you're not part of society the same way, right? It's a sense of isolation and separateness, which we've experienced through this new pandemic, right? COVID-19. And at the height of COVID-19, I was getting calls from every kind of person you can imagine because people were afraid and people were still getting sick with other things in addition to COVID. So there was this one family that one family member had COVID. They really couldn't get out and shop the same way, right? This was during the spring of 2020. And we were like, don't worry, we're an essential provider. We're going to come and we're going to deliver and don't be afraid. And it was so fascinating to see our clients worried about our driver's safety, but so thankful that we were still in play. Because I think that was the scariest thing for a lot of our clients. We got a lot of calls saying, are you going to still be able to come to me? And we were, as an organization, so proud that we were able to say, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to be able to come and deliver to you. We're not sure what's happening because everything was changing week to week. But we were at least so excited that we could continue operating. But the whole COVID facing thing was a challenge, right? Because we couldn't have the same amount of people preparing meals. So 
we changed the timing of our deliveries, all of that, but we were still able to get to people's homes and serve them, serve new people too. That's incredible. What I hear from your stories are that food can fill someone's stomach and also fill that emptiness in their soul. And you yeah. seem to have that perfect role there. What are some of the lessons that you've learned from 2020 as a team? I think as a team, we are more resilient than we thought, right? Like it has presented us with a problem, right, that we've never prepared for. And I think you can equate it to other times where we've been faced with an anomaly, right? We had the experience of 9-11 and we're de- the building is downtown and our operations were kind of cut off. We had to reinterpret how we were going to reach our clients, how do we get in contact with them, and then how do we get them the food that they need? And if for some reason we can't, what's the alternative? So for this pandemic, we had to shift to having some staff work remotely, but that remote action didn't mean that we weren't going to be responsive to our clients, right? So people were calling all day. Are you coming? Are you still operating? Are you safe? I have enough here right now. You can come back in a few days. And that was just very moving that the people that we serve understood the gravity of the situation and demonstrated concern for us and our drivers and our volunteers. And I think that spoke volumes, right, of the humanity, right, of the people in our city, resilient individuals in our city. So I think people sometimes approach us or reach out to us because of they're coming from a place of fear, right, fear and isolation. And our job in responding to them, right, in that call, being compassionate, being respectful, meeting them at that moment without judgment is something that helps to transform both the person that's in need of our service and us being able to be present and provide it. Absolutely. And Dorella, what do you think from your experience? And you spoke about transformation. From your experience, what is your message to our listeners? I think it's important for your listeners to remember that while a moment may seem challenging, right? It's all about working together, working collaboratively to try to find the solution. And sometimes the anticipation is that the solution needs to be perfect and it doesn't need to be perfect. Question is, can you figure out what you can do and what is it that you can do well? So as an example for us, if all of a sudden we've lost power, there's a massive snowstorm, what is it that we can do? If we knew the snowstorm's coming, we're going to pack meals that are in advance sometimes non-perishable goods, but if we can send our normal meals and send it out to the clients and make sure that they have enough in their home so that if we can't get out, they're okay, right? The goal is to make sure that people are okay. And doing that with intention, with respect and compassion for the other, I think that is what changes things, right? That's what changes our city, changes our world. And We have been, all of us through this COVID-19 pandemic, been through so much. But the opportunity to help the other is what really has moved us, right? You think of the frontline workers, you think about us in terms of volunteers. We couldn't have them volunteer the same way. So people working from home were able to come in their cars, pick up meals, and then deliver in their own. That has been transformative for us Mm -hmm. because it didn't exist as a model beforehand. So I think it's all important to think about how can I help and whether it is a donation or whether it is helping to distribute meals, I think that's the important thing that everyone can understand that they have, they can do. 
Absolutely. What are some of the common misunderstandings about people who are sick or unable to fend for themselves? I think sometimes people have preconceived notions that somehow someone got sick because it was their fault, right? And it's not, right? It's a health factor. Someone who's 25 years old never expects that they're going to get breast cancer and that they're going to need surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. So the assumption that they should be self-sufficient during that experience, that they should have more than enough money to take care of themselves while not working for six months to maybe later than that a year is a flawed thinking, right? Whereas if you have the comprehension that, gee, someone sometimes has a difficult moment and that can be defined in any number of ways, whether it be a substance use problem or a, a housing problem because someone couldn't pay their rent or whatever it is, respect that the person is experiencing something, don't judge it, and meet them where they are, right? How is it that you can help support them at that moment? And I think that's called like a harm reduction model from the perspective of no judgment and actually kind of accepting where that person is and whatever they can deal with. So some of our clients live in single room occupancy hotels. I'm sure you heard about that during the time. And what we're able to do is we're able to go to that building, get them the meals that they need, even if they only have like a small microwave to reheat the meals, and they're still able to have the nutritious food that they need. Dorella, how can our listeners help? Uh, I think your listeners can help by donating to God's Love, can volunteer. We are outnumbered by volunteers. I think it's five to one at SAS. So volunteers are all over the place. They help us with office work. They help us with delivering. They help us with the kitchen work. So that's always something that we love, right? They are our lifeline. And that's the best thing that you can do. But then also just recognize, be kind to one another. Be, you know, compassionate especially during this time of the pandemic. It is a strange time, but we're all going to get through it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dorella, for such a positive and encouraging message, plus instructions to our listeners on how they can help.